Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Officially, the NFL just dropped a massive bomb on all of us, and we are all just laying in its wake, man. I, there's nothing like it. I, I I don't care which team you represent, what area of the globe you may be viewing from, the NFL showed up, showed out in a different point, and it did not disappoint. We had overtime, which we'll talk about. We had a game and then a tie, which we'll talk about. We had... New coaches get wins. We have uh, a blunder that happened yesterday. I don't even know what the hell to called about that. But before I get even too far into this evening show, I got my co-host with me, Barry the Villain Jordan. That was going on, my guy. I was doing this evening. Villain. Listen, I'm not, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time, serious, but there's a song by Nita Simone, the legend. Flying high, like birds in the sky. You know how I feel. (laughs) (laughs) Sun in the sky. You know how I feel. Breeze (laughs) drifting by. You know how I feel. It's a new day. It's a new. It's a new life. The giants won, and the villain is happy. A happy villain is a good villain. What's going on, serious? Good to hear your voice, brother. Likewise, man. See, I'm going to go ahead and stop right there because a happy villain, it makes him for angry serious. I, I'm not going to lie, man. Like, real talk, like, all jokes aside, man, what the Giants were able to accomplish Sunday, um, it was very, very, very much needed um, based off of the climate of New York sports media. And believe you me, I'm going to give you ample amount of time to discuss that. Uh, as you press on, but we got another friend of this program, another chef in the building, Mr. Controversy himself. Greenwood, what's going on, my guy? How are we doing this evening? I'm doing great, Sirius. Tomorrow, uh, yesterday, I had to take a step away from the football world because too many things went wrong. I uh-huh. went out to the mountains and I cleared my head because uh-huh. – the villain and I agreed on everything on his fantasy football post this week on the um, <laughs> on the SportsCityChefs.com blog. And I was like, "Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Oh no, I can't, this can't be right. This cannot be right. I have to go away to the mountains. Need to clear my head oh my and God. think about things in a clearer light." But I came back and Yo. everything was true again. So. <laughs> That's how, that's how so, you, know, so thing, you should right? read it. It's, you should read it, right? A broken it's, clock it's, is right twice a day. 
It's not every day that you and and, and Zillin agree hell. It's not every day that me and Zillin agree. So I'm even I'm scared to even look at the article. You know what I'm saying? Because he may end up dropping some nuggets in there, and I'm gonna have to you know throw bleach in my eyes so I don't have to see ever again. <laughs> but before I even do that and go to the cupboard to get the bleach, we got another chef in the building, Mr. Harvey. What's going on, my guy? How we doing this evening? What's up, my brother? From another mother. Yeah, I'm good, my guy. I'm good, my guy. You, you know, it, it, it's funny hearing your voice. Believe me, I'm sure you won't have a, a lot to say about what took place <laughs> on Sunday. So I'm not going to waste anybody else's time with the superlatives, man. Um, we have a lot to talk about and not a lot of time to get there. What I wanted to do this evening, gentlemen, is kind of have you all talk about a team that surprised you um, and the team that lets you down, essentially, that you that, that you weren't expecting from. And because, Mr. Harvey, you're the first person in, we'll go to the good side first. Give me a team that kind of impressed you um, more than you thought they would in week one. A team that impressed me more than I thought they would in week one. Honestly, I – so I'm kind of caught between two, uh, but I don't want to – I'll just pick one of those two. I'll be fair. I'm going to say the Buffalo Bills. Okay, mm. and, and I'm going to say this because I'm not surprised that they won the football game. Uh, I, I thought that they would probably win the game. Uh, the way in which they won it on their home field on ring night, like, uh, I mean, it just – they, they dominated that football game. It wasn't really close. Like they, they clearly, right. you know, they clearly put it on. And so, to me, as an opening night road victory against the defending champs in their house on ring night, you can't ask for a better opening statement or opening act to your season if you want to be a playoff team in the uh, in the AFC, right? So, uh, I, I would I would say then as a as a pleasant. Uh, surprise there, and then I think that I think that my second one will probably be mentioned, but I'll, I'll reserve that one just, just in case. If it's not, I'm okay, take, all right. I'm take eight seconds not a problem here. at all. Not a problem. Greenwood, I, I'll come to you next, sir. Uh, the concept and the question at hand is the team that uh, had you, you know, lift an eyebrow and like, hmm, I wasn't expecting that. Uh, from them in week one, what, what, what team what, what, what kind of fit that bill for you? And give me a reason as to why. So the team that put that into my mind more than anybody else was the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans, I mean, I thought that the Indianapolis Colts were going to run away with this division. And uh-huh. for at least the first three quarters of the game, the Houston Texans, really put out a show. And then later on in the game, the Colts caught up and forced it into a tie. That is what it is. I mean, there's one more team that um, impressed me more, but that team is not so much as impressive as the other team stunk so bad that I couldn't believe what I saw. But I'll leave that for probably the villain to, since we're agreeing so much these days, to um, to kind of pull that into the fold. But the Houston Texans <laughs> did pretty well today. The Houston Texans, okay. So we got one vote for the overall favorite to, to come out of the ASC and the Buffalo Bills. You got Greenwood and the Houston Texans. Villain, you're up to bat, my guy. Give me a team. Um, that kind of impressed and surprised you with their performance in week one? I mean, that's a two-part question, right? It's, I mean, impressed, I mean, I would probably put Kansas City Chiefs. I think um, them and the Bills uh, were thoroughly impressive in their week one performances. Surprise? That's the other one, by the different way. Weeks. Say that again? That was the one that I was reserving if, if anybody didn't mention. So uh, definitely uh, just jumping that in there. Go ahead. Love that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the Chiefs, I mean, I thought they would, you know, 
you know, win, probably a little bit of a closer game, but it wasn't a contest in, in, in Arizona. So that was one. But, I mean, surprise, uh, you know, I could go with obviously my New York Giants. But there's a lot of surprises out there. I'm going to say probably uh-huh. the Chicago Bears. Um, yeah. You know, I didn't – the rain helped, the weather helped, but both teams played in that weather. So, um, you know, it didn't give one team the advantage or the other. I just think – the Bears took advantage, and they played well. I mean, you know, I noted it in my article on SportsCityChefs.com that, you know, the running game was, was very, very effective. Um, and, and you know, the 49ers, Lance didn't look like he was ready. And I know it was in the great conditions, but I don't think once he couldn't really get going the way he wanted to, he couldn't adjust. And I don't think the team was able to adjust because of the weather. Um so, but the Bears, they took it to them. They played a very really good game. So, outside of my Giants, I think the Bears were kind of a really big surprise. And there were a lot of surprises today. Right, right, right. Yeah, well, see, the thing is, I can very easily throw my Homer hat on um, here, kind of like he's villain. But I'm going to reserve that for the, my Finger Foods episode, which is going to drop later on this evening. Uh, but the team for me that I was the most surprised about, ironically, we watched them last night, and that's the Seattle Seahawks. This was mm. a team that had no business winning that ball game. They found a way to win the ball game. Geno Smith looked like he was decisive with his throws. He used his athleticism and ran the football. Uh, when the pocket broke down, the passes came out on time and on target. Um, and for those of us that play fantasy, I was very, very scared to mess around with any type of eligible um, NFC out of uniforms, primarily Lockett and or DK. But at the end of the day, if we're going to be getting this type of a production from a Geno Smith, that may be something that uh, we may have to reconsider as far as fantasy is concerned. But ultimately, the team that kind of was like, oh, my goodness, what is this, is the Seattle Seahawks. I'm going to come back to you, Zillin, the team that kind of has you scratching your head, like what the heck were they doing um, in week one? Go ahead and give me a team that kind of has you scratching your head. Yeah, outside of last night's game, um, you hit on the head. I'm going to probably roll with the the Packers. Um, That was a miserable performance. And, you know, the offense, Missing two tackles, missing their quote-unquote lead receiver, okay. Um, But the defense did not show up for that game. I mean, they let Justin Jefferson do whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. They made Kirk Cousins look like the guy on the other side in the field, uh, number 12. Um, they, They, on the road, Against a division foe, did not show up, and that was really disappointing. The defense is was probably one of the top five defenses coming into the season, and did not look like a, a top five defense at all. It was a pitiful performance by the Packers. I was very disappointed at how they showed up for Week One. Yeah, I definitely agree with you about the Green Bay Packers, Mister Harvey. I'll come to you next, sir. Um, there's a lot to choose from. Um, from, from teams that kind of have you scratching your head, uh, which one in particular caught your attention as you closed the book on, on week one? Uh, so let me scratch in my head. I'll be honest with you, the first one that pops in my head is the Denver Broncos, right? And that like, okay, you want this quarterback, you got this franchise guy, you run 20 plus, even, even to that last point, you run 20 plus seconds mm. off the end of the clock. Just to try a 60 yeah, yeah. yard field goal. I mean, that, yeah. that's easily enough time to get in a few plays to really, you know, try to get closer and make it a better or, you know, higher percentage kick um, to, you know, more ensure that win. There's no reason why Denver shouldn't get out of Seattle with a win. I mean, kudos to Geno. Wow. He played pretty well. Like, he played much better than anybody would have expected him to play. Like, I grant you that. Yeah, like, no argument for me there. But I just think yeah. that, uh, you know, one more execution, one more drive, that's all he needed is one more kick. And there's no reason why that team should not have been able to execute that and at least get a better, higher percentage shot and 
uh, you know, that, that's that's just bad coaching. That's that's too conservative. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a double and, click and, right there, and that's the one that leaves me scratching my head the most. I'm going to double-click right through on the Denver Broncos because that, that, that's a lot to unpack. Um, and Greenwood, I, I'll get to you in a second here. But the Denver Broncos had several turnovers inside the one-yard line. They really could never, mm. you know, get their footing. Um, I mean, and the thing is, I, I can't say it was necessarily nerves. Like, these are veteran, you know, people making these plays. You you know, Williams had a couple fumbles. Gordon fumbled the football. Um, like, I, I'm not too sure how many more cracks at the apple um, the Denver Broncos needed to kind of put this game uh, away or, or wrap the lead here. But uh, Greenwood, I'll come to you, sir. Um, a team that kind of had you scratching your head wondering WTF is going on, go and give me a team that, that, that kind of fits that for you. So the Denver Broncos were my first choice, but since we already covered them a little bit, I'm going to go to the second choice, which is the the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, Dak Prescott got injured, but that wasn't until like the second half. So Late in the second what half happened the? Yeah, what happened the first half for this team yep. that was odds-on favorites by far in the NFC East? to not score more than three points. The only team in the first week to not score a touchdown was the Dallas yeah. Cowboys. Right. Yes, right. it was against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are a better team, sure. But the only team to not score a touchdown in the first week was the Dallas Cowboys? The high-powered offense with C.D. Lamb, the most, like, one of the better first-round wide receivers in the game, with Dak Prescott, one of the, we'll not call him the better, but he's definitely top half of the quarterbacks in the game, and an offensive line that is supposed to be average, and they don't score a touchdown. And that's with Zeke and his bloated salary. And Tony Pollard, who's supposed to be the heir apparent. None of that went well for the Dallas Cowboys. The only thing that, 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 surprisingly enough, went well for the Dallas Cowboys was the defense. The thing that they ignore every year. And that's what went well for the Dallas Cowboys in week one of the NFL season. The Dallas Cowboys should be. <laughs> I was waiting their for fans, that. I was waiting for there Their fan base should be petrified of the rest of the season. The Dallas Cowboys fan base, after looking at that and after seeing Dak Prescott already ruled out for mm-hmm. next week's game, should mm-hmm. be terrified. They should call this season a loss and pray for something better next year. Like they should just, they should already concede the season, and get themselves behind the Seattle Seahawks. Who, if they win another game this season, I am shocked. And this is somebody who was a big Geno Smith supporter when he came out. Like I called him multiple times, the the best quarterback in that draft class. And oddly enough, I'm still holding sitting pretty in that, in that, uh, in that respect. But. Um, clock, brother, yeah, the, the best of a <laughs> terrible class. It's like trying to pick the the best quarterback in this class. It's it's just absolutely right. just putrid. But the Dallas Cowboys have to be my biggest disappointment in Week One. Not because they didn't win, because I didn't expect them to win against the Bucks, but for how they bad they lost. Yeah, for they, how bad they lost. Yeah, it was surprising. It was awful to watch. Mm-hmm. It really was. It really was. Well, I mean, awful depending upon who, who you ask. I'm sure, you know, Vilma was sitting there, you know, enjoying himself. And I, 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 I had a laugh. Vilma was not disappointed at all. <laughs> Just for you sure. know what I'm saying? I, I had a laugh or two and six at, at, at the Cowboys' expense. 
Um, but for me, gentlemen, I, I think the biggest disappointment uh, this, this this week one would have to be the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and mm. you know, this kind of, this kind of hits close to me because again, I, I was the opponent. But here's the thing: you dominate the time of possession two to one. You outgain us on the ground uh, by two to one. You have more passing yards. You turn the ball over a total of five times. You give up seven sacks, and you're an extra point away from getting out of the stadium with the win. And you don't get it done. Mm. Not once, not twice, but you have three times to win that ball game and kind of say, you know what, this is week one jitters, but we managed to get out of the stadium with the W. You know, the offensive line didn't play much in the preseason, so we're trying to gel. Joe Burrow wasn't – you had the game in hand. You only had to make an extra point, and you didn't get it done. A lot's going to be said about what the quarterbacks and, you know, you know, players need to play during preseason to gain their traction and their footing. I saw a stat today that said quarterbacks and teams that sat their quarterbacks week one was three and eight uh, across the landscape of the NFL. Um, but at the end of the day, the Cincinnati Bengals has to be the team that has me scratching my head. You know, when, again, you're not supposed to be in that game. You turn the ball over five times. You give up seven sacks. You're not supposed to be in that ball game. And yet the ineptitude of my offense allows you to hang around. And you get, to, you, you get to a point where, you know what, Jamar Chase scored the touchdown, and you kick that point and you win. But, but you know, Mika Fitzpatrick blocked it, and then in overtime, you know, you – you have you have an equivalent equivalent of an extra point, and the timing was off, and the, and the kick goes wide left. Like I'm not too many sure. I'm not too sure how you how you lose that ball game again. I'm gonna talk about it on finger food um, here in a little while, but I, I think the biggest disappointment for me would be the Cincinnati Bengals. Villain, I'm gonna come to you real quick, man. You posted an article on SportsCityChefs.com about fantasy football waiver wire pickups, and I wanted to take a little bit of time um, to let you comb through that a little bit um, and all of us sitting here and play fantasy football um, and kind of talk about how your team uh, did this week and kind of look ahead to to next week. What's up, Mr. Harvey? Oh, no, real quick. I want to double-click on that real fast, if you don't mind. The Cincinnati game. Yeah, I I, I promise I won't be long. But I I think when I look at that, though, I see it different in a way. Like, Joe Burrow is not going to be responsible for five turnovers in every game. They had a snapper go down. They had a lot of other things happen. There was a ton of things that had to go absolutely wrong for Pittsburgh to still be able to force a tie after getting a pick six on the first play of the game. Right, so mm-hmm. let's be honest. It wasn't a it wasn't a beautiful win. It wasn't a dominant win. You didn't really feel like Pittsburgh flexed their muscle. Like the pitch, the defense made some decent spots, but I, I just think that when you look at all the turnovers and everything else, the fact that he was still able to put up the numbers that he did and show you that the the same types of plays and the explosiveness is still there. I mean, the guy's stats still weren't mm-hmm. that bad. They take away the interception, so. I think it's with Cincinnati, you're encouraged because a lot of times in your past, in the franchise's past, and a lot of teams' past, if you commit five turnovers, you're going to get blown out, 28 points or something. Correct. And they still had a chance. They still had a chance to win the game, even even without a good snapper and the ability to do that. So I, I'm actually, uh, I, I kind of go the other way about that, and so that's why I don't really consider them as big a disappointment as Dallas or. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, other team, the other team that I mentioned, or maybe even Tennessee. Well, let me go ahead and go back to you know, you for a minute, then, Villain. Villain, I, I, I'll get you here in a second. My, 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 my rebuttal to that is this. 
okay? For everything that you said is the reason why I, I, I have them as my disappointment be, be, because they turned the ball over five times, okay, and you're supposed to get blown out by 28-plus. You go through all the adversity. Now, keep in mind, it's a division opponent. You know, those, those, those games are, are, are heavier um, than, than, than somebody else. But at the end of the day, you have the opportunity to win the ball game. And for whatever reason, they don't get it done. Like, when Minka says Patrick blocked the extra point, the long snapper, the, the, the issue wasn't the snap. Mm-hmm. He didn't come over the he, – he, 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 he didn't come up the A-gap. He came from the side. So, if, if Bengals fans and people want to say, well, the long snapper went down and this, that, the third, the long snapper was the issue there. That was just poor blocking. Minka made a play. He should be able to make that play. Like, there are 100 million kicks. In the NFL, a handful of them get blocked, and it just so happened to be that particular one. You know, go ahead, man. Say what you got to say, Bob. Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with you, and I kind of agree with with Mike. I think it wasn't the biggest disappointment from a whole team perspective. I think I was disappointed in Joe Burrow's performance because I have him on one of my fantasy teams. Um, You'll never see him. Like Mike said, you'll never see him throw four or five picks and have turnovers like that. That looks just. And I think once they started breaking down the film, like he wasn't making the right reads, um, hitting the open guy that he was hitting all through the playoffs and towards the end of the season last year. So I I, I don't think that'll happen. I think that'll come with some more reps this season. He hasn't really you know played enough with that injury. Uh, with I think he had the appendicitis, appendix taken out, what have you. But right. um, I was surprised that, that, you know, they got out coach. And I, well, I'm not surprised because Tomlin's a great coach. But to not, you know, challenge that 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 um, that touchdown. That one touchdown? Yeah, that was wild. Yeah, at the end of the game. That was a – what are you holding a challenge for? Like, that's when you got to use it. That was unacceptable. And then just the questionable play calling down the stretch, especially in overtime, I, it was just – I you know the the Bengals and and, and uh, you know Hackett last night unacceptable uh, coaching. I just I was totally lost and I mean and and the Cowboys too. I mean, <laughs> but I mean you you you're so right, Mike. I mean like they in general right didn't play good football before Dak got hurt. And and now you're coming out today and talking about we'll get better, we'll do whatever we can to get – what do you mean? You had all the season to get better. You let your receivers go. You let tackles go. It's over. It's a wrap. So I was just – that. there's a lot of disappointment to go around this season. Definitely, definitely. I got to go back. I got to go back to the – I got to clear my head some more. And for fantasy purposes, though, there's still a one-point mm. difference between uh, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow at the end of the day in most standard leagues. Yeah, and, and that yeah, was I mean, what's really surprising. So you're not going to see Burrow play that bad, right? You're, you know, if anything, he should be – he should get better as the season goes on, especially with those weapons. I mean, I mean smart chase. They got the I, he was making Sunday, some so. stupid catches. Yeah. That's so a beatdown. So That's a beatdown waiting to happen. The, the one thing I do want to say before we move on is that... This is like those that used to say we're on Before we move on is that uh, Mike Collins is going to get the Steelers 7 to 10 wins every season just for being there. Absolutely. This is just Absolutely. something that is going to happen. So the Steelers fans, if they have any dreams of being a number one, number two overall pick, they'd better get rid of Mike Tomlin because that's never going to happen under his regime. It's just not going I mean, to happen. I'm, I'm cool. I'm, I'm cool with that not happening, to be painfully honest with you. I mean, we, 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 we could pick in the middle towards the end. Uh, I'm cool not having a top, top pick, but – I wanted to switch gears um, and, and, and give Barry an opportunity to talk about, you know, his article that he, that he penned and kind of give us a, an idea of where his head was. Um, for those of you guys that are asleep behind the wheel, 
uh, Mr. Mr. Jordan spoke uh, on SportsHS.com today about some fantasy uh, waiver pickups as waivers are set to run at midnight tonight uh, in most in most leagues. And uh, Mr. Villain, go ahead and talk about your fantasy article, man. Yeah, I mean, listen, the one thing that I always stress is don't overreact to week one, right? That's your number one rule. I mean, guys can have monster games and guys can have really quiet games. But Kenny Galladay, you suck. Um, and, and you can't overreact, right? Well, I mean, there were some games, there were some, some players that I really liked. Carson Wentz looked pretty good uh, for the commanders. Yeah, it was against the Jaguars, but he was spreading the ball around. Four touchdowns is nothing to sneeze at. I mean, Samuel and Dotson, your boy from uh, Penn State, was really good. I was really Jahan was a man, that son. He's a baby. He, he is impressive. They, got, they finally got a receiving core in Washington, so look out for them. I was, I was kind of surprised. Um, not a lot of running backs, like uh, Herbert for the Bears. I think he, he was the most surprising because he was more effective. The weather might have had something uh-huh. to do with that. Um, listen, Harvey's boy, Jameis Winston, everybody talked about it. I think uh, um, Harvey and, and Greenwell uh, talked about Green. We all talked about how he he has the chance, right? And he he just looked effective. He looked he's he's cut down on the turnovers. He's making smart decisions with the football. Michael Thomas is mm-hmm. back. Olave got a two point com- uh, conversion. They look. I, I like it. I like what I see there. And and guess what? If you're looking for a defense, take the Browns because they are going to own the Jets this coming week. I mean, if, if I, I would be surprised if they're not a, a, a pick drop for week two, if they're mm-hmm. not, if they're available in your league, um, they're, they're, they're a must have for, for this coming week. And guess what? DJ chalk, that lion's offense serious. They're yeah, for real. Yeah. That, that's well, they can get up and down the field on anybody. It's funny you mentioned the lion's offense because I, I'm here's the thing. I have a Monte Brown in the league, but the, the issue I have with the Lions is the trigger man, Jared Goff. Um, but mm-hmm. I wanted to double-click on what you were talking about, Claire Herbert. I think that uh, the Chicago Bears are getting ready to make a shift. Clearly, Stonewall Montgomery's in his last year of his deal, and they are not really mm-hmm. looking to bring him uh, on for, for next year. So, I think that if you're able, especially if you're in a cheaper dynasty league or whatever, and you're able to just yeah. plug and stash, uh, Khalil Herbert is, is, is the guy you're going to look at. Also, with the injury to Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson will be the handcuff there. So look to probably pick him up if, if you have the ability to do so. Um, and I say this now even as a civil fan, uh, we don't know how long or um, – when the next time Najee Harris is going to get hurt or get banged up, Jalen Warren is the handcuffs there. Um, one more thing I wanted to mention again: I didn't write the article. I just I just do this fantasy stuff for for a while. Keep an eye on um, the backup for for the Chargers. Uh, I think his name is Parker. His last name is Parker. Um, mm-hmm. That guy's going to see a lot of action, especially with Keenan Allen being out due to a mm-hmm. hamstring, and the and the Chargers play two days from now against the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday Night Football, which is probably going to be a shootout. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, and one rule of thumb that I like to go by, um, especially for those playing on Thursday, don't put your person in your flex. Don't put your person in your flex. Those of you guys that are listening, do not put the player that you're playing on Thursday in your flex. Put them in the, put them in the spot. Put them in your RB spot. Put them in your wide receiver spot. That way you have that flexibility. But that being said, Greenwood, what you got for me, man? So uh, I'm going to echo what the villain said about the uh, the Browns defense. If you're looking for something to hold your waiver priority for and just, like, grab them now and then hold them for the next three weeks, which is what people who stream defenses strive for, the Browns defense is the defense that you want to hold for the next few weeks. Um, If you're looking for somebody who is currently available in more than 50% of leagues, um, at least for the Yahoo numbers, Russell Gage is probably your guy. 
Delvin Dubernay is the one that I want to hear everybody's opinion on, though, because he's available in mm-hmm. 6% of leagues. He had an awesome week one. Is this indicative of a trend? Or is this something that was a week one thing, and and the rest of the time he's going to be a a, a bust? So because because I I, I, Devin, I, I, Devin I Devin some shares with Dalvin Dubnay, but not enough to say that he's he's my guy. You know what I mean? Well, see, here, 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 here's the answer to your question. And again, Mr. Harvey, I'm gonna come right back to you. If you're going to put if you're going to put Duvernay in your starting lineup, that means you're going to have to take somebody out, okay? And I don't yeah. think Duvernay has enough standalone value to take somebody else out. There's, there's a reason why Duvernay is on the waiver wire. I mean, yeah, he had a, a great week one, but that is not to say, right, you know what, he had a great week one. Don't go out and spend your fab money on him or. You know, Rex Burkhead is another name that comes to mind uh, who had a great week one as far as touch dominance and, and opportunity as opposed to the, the, the preseason favorite and Damian Pierce. But that doesn't mean go out and blow your fab money on, on DuVernay and Rex Burkhead. Uh, Harvey, what you got for me? So for fantasy purposes, um, I do want to hit Kareem Hunt. Uh, you remember it's a timeshare, but he's going to get mm-hmm. some carries, and they lined him up out wide a couple times. And he lined up a couple of other times in different formations. So um, they are experimenting with different ways to get him the football as well. And so uh, don't lose sight of him as an RB2 or, or flex if you need one. <clears throat> at, at, at this week, though, you put him in that RB position. And uh, with such a bad week, like if somebody in your league overreacts and drops Cam Akers, watch for that, right? Um, because – I still think, you know, the guy's got the ability to put up big numbers when he's healthy and running right. So I don't know what's happening now. He may not be anything. Don't don't spend waiver money on him. Um, and then I want to go back to Jarvis Landry for a second, too, as a guy that if you need, you know, a wide receiver four or five or a guy to give you some depth on your roster. Like, he appears to be healthy. He could still catch the ball in traffic. He knows how to find openings and zones that he's developing rapport with his quarterback. And with all the weapons that team has, uh, and it was great to see Mike Thomas come back and look like the Mike Thomas of old. And the funny thing is, is not one of his catches was slant route. Uh, but so uh, that was fun to see. But with all the weapons on that team, Jarvis Landry still led that team in receiving yards. And so may not be a big touchdown guy or whatever, but when he's on the field, like go look at his numbers year in and year out, uh, high volume number of catches. Um, and he's not a first or second option, really. So uh, that's a, a sneaky like floor guy that you can probably get off uh, that you can probably get from a free agent market in a lot of leagues, uh, just to give you some depth at wide receiver. Um, but hey, what school? James, what, what school did uh, Jarvis go ki- to? He went to LSU, sir. Uh, and <laughs> how about wow. how about the performance? How about the performance of Justin Jefferson though in week one, right? Like, yeah, yeah, listen, he, yeah. he, he, came, he came out and made the statement of, like, I want to talk about Grace in the league, Jamar Chase, these guys. Like, that's fine, but I'm going to come out and make my statement too, bro. And then also I was very impressed, very, very impressed with A.J. Brown, right? Um, the other thing that I want to do is shout out to how about the uh, – St. Brown brothers, you know, uh, within a couple minutes of each other, each catching touchdown passes in their respective games in the NFL, one for the Lions, one for Chicago. That's a, that was a really cool, that was a really cool thing to see kind of unfold uh, within a couple minutes. Not many brothers have ever been born into this world can say they've experienced anything like that. Right. Like, so uh, that's a cool deal. And then, you know, watching this, game. Also, if you need depth at tight end, and I know this is very Saints-heavy today, but if you need depth at tight end, watch for Taysom Hill, because I think he's still going to run the ball some as they figure out how to get him the ball sometimes in space uh, in the short passing game, too. Like, um, he can break tackles and make people miss. Um, So if you need some depth there. To that that extent, I would also look for teams that are dropping Cole Connect. 
And I know Cole Komet got a fat old goose egg week one. I think that the fact that they that fantasy owners are going to drop him after his week one goose egg is an overreaction. Yeah. I would I would pick I would drop your lowest guy or if you happen to be a Dak owner like I am on several leagues, um, if you put him on the IR, throw a Cole Komet in there after the um, after the owner drops him. It might be worth it down the road. So, and real, real quick, you know, you know what? Real, real quick, the one other thing. Uh, sorry. Right, but right. Uh, it, it was tough watching early because they didn't protect him very well. But down the stretch, man, Jameis was 10 out of 11. And if you go back and watch yeah. those completions, too, those were some big boy throws, bro. This wasn't like five, six yard slants or like little quick hitch passes. These were uh, grown man throws in the National Football League that he made. Uh, the, the pass that he caught Landry in stride, the couple passes to Thomas, where he just trusted the receiver. Mike Thomas was able to bully. Like, but just to see that kind of explosiveness out of that offense, if they can find a rhythm, like, this team could be very good. I liked, I liked Landry, too, in the game. I, I liked what he was able to do. Um, you know, but I, I want to click on a couple things that you said. I, I didn't want to right up on Henderson just yet because I think Akers is going to get some carries going into week two because I think the Rams threw the ball way too much. They got away from what's really good, the play action. But it's alarming that Henderson got 13 carries and Akers got three. That's alarming to me, right? So you that's something we got to watch. I like Julio Jones in week one, but with the injury to, to, to Godwin, who, who shouldn't have came back, shouldn't have came back this early. I think he pushed it. And I think he's going to pay for it. Gage is a sneaky good pick because I think Julio, everybody's going to pick him up. Gage might take away that touchdown share. Julio will get the targets. Julio will get the catches, but the touchdowns will go to Gage. So watch out for that. So I, I like that pick up too. But all in all, like there's a lot of sneaky good picks that are that you guys have mentioned that I really like. So um, keep an eye on Gage. Uh, keep an eye on Henderson if you're if you're struggling at running back depth. I think that's a good. That's a good keep an eye on, and definitely like uh, like like controversy said, the Browns. You can you can stream them for three weeks, maybe four. So let me ask you guys this question, just you know, just just as a guy who has um, CD Lamb, um, what's your panic level right now for Cowboys target? You know, CD Lamb, Dalton Schultz, Pollard, like. Oh, 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 are we at a place now where we have to now fade these guys, or do you still start Ceedee Lamb as your wide receiver one, um, in hopes that whomever is throwing on the rock can get him a, a touchdown or something? I'll I'll take that first serious. Uh, first of all, <laughs> no, seriously though, seriously though, I we said it serious. We said it. I would fade Lamb. In the draft, I did not like where he was placed in the draft. I didn't like the fact that he was ahead of some really good receivers like um, maybe T. Higgins, uh, Devontae Adams. He was he was ahead of Tyreek Hill. Um, once again, Tyreek Hill proved that he is that dude. All right, Miami was quietly very impressive against a, a solid Patriots team. I don't think the Dolphins are getting enough credit themselves. So. That's another thing, but I would fade any and every Cowboys offensive player from the linemen to the receivers to the running backs to to the coordinators to the ball boys to the guy that waters them down after a timeout. Fade everybody because CeeDee Lamb, I'm telling you what, even when he had his quarterback healthy and throwing in the ball, two drops. That's his biggest problem, two drops. He dropped the ball. He wasn't getting open because I knew he was going to get double teamed to begin with. The, the uh, Buccaneers tried to take him out of the game. I think he finished the game with two catches or something like that. Listen, I, I don't believe you. C.D. Lamb is a very good receiver. He needs, a, he needs a core around him to make him better. I don't think he's ready for that number 88, number one receiver rep right now. And, and if Coop, Coop was a rush, if he's throwing the ball for the next four weeks because they haven't put uh, Dak on the – on the injured reserve yet for four weeks. If mm-hmm. you got that guy, 
I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. Listen, the Bengals are going to get after them. Uh, they got the Giants. I think they got uh, the Commanders. Um, I, listen, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not using any of those guys right now. Any other opinion from the panel, or are we, we, we just setting on just benching all Wait, your Cowboys players? So my question was, with, the, with, with Dak Prescott being out and this Cowboys offensive line being as bad as my offensive line, do, are, are we fading Cowboys targets so that's Dalton Schultz and, and C.D. Lamb and, and company, or, or, or can you still start them? with some type of confidence that they will give you some production. It depends on what what else you've got on your team. Like, I'm not – so I'm not dropping C.D. Lamb. I might drop Dalton Schultz depending on who's available. Um, but I'm not dropping C.D. Lamb for anything. I mean, not for anything. I mean, there are different yeah, prospects them. to work with. But, like, there's no way on earth that C.D. Lamb is worse than somebody you've already got in your, that, on your bench. That is what I'm saying right now. And it doesn't really matter who they've got to replace Dak. Because Dak is not going to be playing next week. He's probably not playing for the next six weeks. Let's be real. Let's be fair on what we've got for expectations for Dak Prescott. Uh, if he's got a thumb injury and it's enough to pull him out of the game this week, it's going to be enough to pull him out for a significant amount of time, which means that the Dallas Cowboys are probably not going to be in position to make the playoffs unless they trade for Jimmy Garoppolo at his new reduced salary and they trade like a first or second round pick for him and that's it. You know, like which is But more with controversy, than they, controversy. Yeah. They're not they're not gonna make a trade because they didn't put him on the IR. But if they don't make a trade, are you are you do you think that they're conceding the season? That that's it? If they oh, don't yeah, they 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 get a they, quarterback. If they if they make the trade, then they expect mm-hmm. themselves to win enough to win the NFC East, which is not Right. A high bar to to go with right now because mm-hmm. the last time that the NFC East winner won won more than um, nine games, it's been a while. <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. the exact number on it, but it's been a while. Um, so they can easily turn this around with the right backup quarterback for six to eight weeks and bring Dak back at that point. So if they can revive the season and potentially make this a long playoff run, then they should make that run. But if they don't believe in that, which I don't, to be fair, I don't think they make it out of the first round, even if they make whatever trade they have available to them, they won't they're not good enough, a good enough team to make it out of the first round of the playoffs. Neither is any other team in the NFC East. Um, that includes the Eagles, the Giants, and the Washington Commanders. I might change my mind on the Commanders later, but right now I don't believe in any of that. So but that's probably the point. Won't. That's the point controversy. Like you had Jerry Jones coming out here saying. This team needed to win, or else, or whatever. It's a you know they have everything they need. If you thought you ha- really had everything you need to get to the Super Bowl and win it, you would get a quarterback for four to six weeks to to hold you over to get your quarterback back. If you don't that think you're good enough, you're not you're not giving up assets. That was talk to sell season ticket holders, not what he actually believes. Right, I would be shocked if he actually believed that based off of their team history and what they have now. Because they are mm-hmm. worse than – they're not worse than they've ever been, but they are worse than the best team that they've been over the the um, the course of the past five to ten years. Mm-hmm. So where is the confidence coming from? It's bravado trying to sell season tickets. Nothing more. Yeah, 
keep selling jerseys, selling season tickets, selling out Jerry's World, but you you know you're just good enough to make the playoffs. You're not really good enough to compete with any of the AFC teams in a couple of the playoffs. Without Dak, they're not even going to do that. The season's over. The season's over in Dallas. I'm sorry. I don't believe Dak's coming back in four weeks. I don't think this team is good enough to get into the playoffs. Seed or whatever, but they would in the NFC. In the NFC, how terrible the NFC is right now. I think they could easily make a playoff spot with a better quarterback for the next four or five weeks. Interesting. All right. Before we press on, I wanted to cover some news and notes from around the NFL. Um, as today, a lot of teams, you know, release injury reports and, and depth charts and things of that nature. Uh, the, the L.A. Chargers uh, doubt that Keenan Allen is going to be able to play Thursday night due mm-hmm. to a hamstring. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers uh, got a bit of good news uh, on, on two fronts. P.J. Watt um, is not going to need season-ending shoulder surgery for a, a peck. Um, it's a partial tear, so all signs look to him being able to return at some point during the season. Along those same lines, Najee Harris um, said that he is playing on Sunday. I mentioned this earlier. Um, Elijah Mitchell is going to be out for about two and a half months with the MCL sprain. Uh, the Cowboys are refusing uh, to put Dak Prescott on IR in hopes that he can make, and I use this in quotation. A quick return. Um, the Buccaneers are going to be without Godwin for a significant period of time. We just covered that. Um, and that's about it. Also, uh, Pat's quarterback, uh, Matt Jones, said that he is feeling better and hopes to play this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He is suffering uh, as of Sunday from significant back spasms. Um, Jamal Adams is looking like he's going to need a significant amount of time before he's able to return to play. Um, we had a bunch of other bumps and bruises associated with play, um, but everything, all things considered, looks like people uh, got out of week one unsaved. So that's uh, the injury report as we spin around the league. Um, I wanted to give um, everybody an opportunity uh, to kind of bring a dish and see if they wanted to talk about anything particular before we kind of, um, you know, get out of here this evening. So with that being said, Mr. Greenwood, you got anything that you wanted to talk about? The only thing I want to talk about is the thing I brought up before. Are you picking up Kyle or um, Delvin DuVernay, who is available in about – 63% because this is something that even the experts aren't talking about. It's not that they're saying no and it's not that they're saying yes. Duvernay is well, a question mark that I want to get the I want to get the, the solid opinion on now from mm-hmm. the folks here and hit it. Because nobody knows. Controversy. Here's, here's what I would do. I would pick him up, but I wouldn't start him. I'd pick him up. Well, you've got somebody on your team that you don't like. I'd pick him up, stash him, watch his performance over the next couple of weeks. If he's consistent enough, like Hollywood Brown had that big week one. Remember, guys? Remember series we were talking about? He had that right. big week one. Last, no, last year. We didn't know what we had. Last year. Right. We didn't, we didn't know what we had. You picked him up. And then eventually you'll be like, you know what? Yeah, he's probably for real. So I, that's what I'm thinking. By week three or four, you'll figure out if he's, if he's for real, and then you can put him in your lineup. But if you got receiver, like I got Keenan Allen. So I'm, go, I'm looking to get a receiver. So I'm trying to get Samuel or, or, or maybe, maybe even um, Anderson right now. Get Josh but Palmer. Like, yeah, 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 exa- yeah, exactly. Like he came up on my waiver wire too. Um, so, yeah, that's. I wouldn't start him yet, though. I wouldn't start him yet, seriously. Well, um, what I was going to say is this. Like, at the end of the day, I'm along the same lines with Bella with DuVernay. But at the end of the day, you know, when you you look at inserting him into your lineup, you got to look at who you're taking out. And so I'm I'm assuming when you drafted, you didn't draft, you know, Scrubs, 
you know, to play your wide receiver and wide receiver two. Um, and I'm pretty sure you have a solid enough flex option. Now, if this is a skank league where, you know, you pretty much got the world's deepest bench, which leaves nothing really for people to pick through and comb through on your waiver wire, then so be it. But I look at it like this. I, I don't put people on my bench that can't potentially help me. And right. I'm in a league right now where um, I got Tyreek Hill and Jamar Chase, um, and I forget the other receiver I have and, 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 and on this team, but there is no under no circumstance where somebody like that is going to get on the roster. The other guy I have, I had Travis Etienne in my flex. So my lineup is Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, Travis Etienne, and I got Brandon Cook sitting on my bench. Gabe Davis sitting on my bench. Like, where in the world is DuVernay mm-hmm. going to fit? You know what I'm saying? So right. when you start to look at, you know, add, drop, you know, is this ad going to help your team? You know, because essentially you're going to have to drop somebody. And in the event that somebody goes down, would you feel comfortable putting this person into your starting lineup? If the answer to that question is no, I'll, I tend to, 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 to shy away um, from that. You also have to look at another thing, the style of offense of the player you're looking to pick up. Like, DuVernay is one hell of a name right now because he caught himself a touchdown uh, and we've won. But if you look at the style of offense the Baltimore Rivers run, I don't foresee them putting the ball in the air consistently like like they did in week one. They just played a very, very bad Jets team. So, again, if you want to get them and stash them, be my guest, but I, I – I, I, I tend to look the other way. Uh, Mr. Harvey, uh, what you got? So I have, uh, along, the, along the same lines, that same uh, player per se, Lamar Jackson did the things, I mean, it was the Jets, but he did the things this weekend that people question whether or not he can do. Like, he only ran the ball six times. He made some good reads. He made some good throws in the passing game. So he showed those those skills. Now, once again, we just said it was against the Jets. So it'll be interesting to see, like, how that continues throughout the year. But all the things that they say Lamar can't do, he put those skills on display Sunday. Yeah, he bought out. He, he, he bought out. He did. As the re- he shouldn't have been as, out there, but he bought out. As the resident <laughs> Lamar Jackson hater, so to speak, I I I, I gotta you know tip my cap and give credit where credit is due. The, the man bought out. Um, villain, uh, anything you want to talk about before we get out of here, my guy? Saquon Barkley is back. Saquon Barkley had a monster game, thirty what thirty two plus yeah, fantasy did. points, but he looked like the Barkley that got drafted. Like he was explosive. He he was he was in the open field. He was decisive when he made his cuts. He was making cuts. The one thing, the one play that made me say, like, because I was thinking it throughout the game, right, Sirius? But the one play that made me say he's back was that two-point conversion because that's a play he should have been dead to rights in the backfield. He shouldn't have got the two yards to get in the end zone. He made two. He made a move to make two guys miss, powered his way into the end zone. And that's a, that's a play that either an average running back doesn't make or an elite running back makes look easy. And he made it look easy. So he's back. I'm not – you know, listen, the Giants are my team. I'm not going to say we're – you know, we're back. Blah, blah, blah. He's back. He deserves that, that check if you're going to pay him. And if you got him rolling with you, I think you could do some things in, in the NFC East. I got um I got Saquon in the league, man, and I I was one happy dude come Sunday, man. Yeah, I, I was one happy guy. I was so happy. Mm-hmm. All right, man. With that being said, man, we're gonna get you guys out of here, man. Uh, Greenwood, go and give us a plug and a close out to shut down the kitchen, my guy. So my plug is going to be to the article on SportsDayChefs dot com written by the villain and anybody who knows me. 
who's listened to the podcast long enough knows that I hate to agree with a villain on anything. I will purposely take the wrong position just to disagree with a villain on more opportunities than not. But this article on SportsHS.com on the fancy pickups for this week, pretty much flawless. I agreed with every single take that he had. There was one omission, but I'm not going to talk about that right now. We'll see about it <laughs> next week when, um, <laughs> when when I when I claim success on it. But other than that, pretty solid article. You should read it. That's my shout out for tonight. Talk to y'all next week. Peace. Well, write your article too. This uh, controversy, come on. Yeah, write Wait. something, my guy. Golly, man, he, he wants to be controversy, but he can't put pen to paper. Come on, now tighten up. No, Mr. never. Murphy, man, what's going on, man? Give us some plug in the clubhouse as you get out of here, buddy. Well, I need to tighten up as well. But man, first of all, much love and respect to TP, the head chef, man, uh, the timeless one. Join us on Sunday mornings, 11 a.m. Uh, Eastern time for the timeless Sunday morning brunch. Uh, Usually villain to drop in for a little bit. Uh, controversy's been there with us, different people. But you can always count on me and TP there on Sunday mornings with that. Uh, we got the football shows we got right now. We got the good versus villain. We're good always wins. The uh, college cookout on Wednesday nights at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern as well. So make sure you check out our shows, man. Check out the barbershop on Clubhouse. 13,000 strong and continuing to grow, man. Always good conversations there, whether you come to and stay for a while or whether you're just uh, driving from point A to point B, pop in and kind of hear what's going on. Uh, it, it's more entertaining and more informative than uh, sports talk radio without all the commercials, bro. So uh, it's definitely worth popping in and checking us out on uh, the barbershop on Clubhouse. Also, the last uh, thing that I'll say, man, is as we always say in, in Louisiana, bro, and I just like to always sign off with it, bro. But laissez-les-bon-temps-roulets, bro. Let the good times roll, and uh, I'm looking forward to week two. <laughs> and shout-out to, like, uh, the most uh, the most exciting uh, week two we've had in college football for a good while. Mm. Lots of people being uh, yeah. displaced, man. And, and, listen, put some respect on the Sun Belt name, bro. Uh, three... Uh, victories on the road against major college, uh, against major Power Five programs for the Sun Belt Conference. That's as good a showing as any smaller uh, conference or mid-major, little five or whatever, if you will, conference has had in a long time um, against major conference opponents. You know, th- those are supposed to be the walkover games. So, uh, you know, shout out to, shout out to the Sun Belt. Uh, who that, bro? Peace. Yes, sir, man. Appreciate you, Mr. Harvey, man. Thanks for popping by, man. Velen, you know what to do, man. Give us a plug in the clubhouse to get out of here, man. Absolutely, man. Um, you know, listen, shout out to, to, you know, personally my family had a, a death in the family, so prayers up for, for, you know, everybody in my family with that with the loss. But, uh, listen, um, great week of college football cost uh, <laughs> Scott Frost his job, right? Uh, Nebraska, so that's crazy. Um, it's some entertaining games. Um, you know, Notre Dame, Nebraska. Wow, um, that Alabama game was really good too. Uh, so you know, a lot of good football. Um, you know, listen, get to the site, listen to um, you know, listen to to uh, the, the the timeless wonder himself and Mike Harvey holding down the the, the Sunday cook brunch. I mean, I I can't get in there. I'm, I'm on my um from all who blesses blesses flow and all that. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm doing my my, my, my back to church thing. So, um, it's hard to get in, but, uh, if I get a chance, I will, um, the NFL free for all is back serious. Does a great job. Listen to that. The, the cookout tomorrow. Um, we might even get some college football back. So we never know. TP is, uh, throwing that up there, but shout out to all the chefs, Chandler, Mike, uh, Dave, uh, Greenwood, uh, TP yourself, um, and, and shout out to our sponsors, PHI Apparel. Get to their site, uh, phiapparel.co, and, and get their uh, Philadelphia merch. You know, Eagles one and zero, so and, you know their, their fans are going crazy. Uh, you know, I don't like them, but listen, um, we do big things, man. It's, it's a pleasure being on the show. With it doesn't you, matter if the Eagles suck. 
Philadelphia is just a, an amazing city, and you should admit that. It's it's the one thing we disagree about uh, disagree about now is that Philly is a great city, and you should get the apparel now. Yeah, the the city I don't is. Know. They have good cheesesteak. Um, they have good apparel too. Um, and controversy. Go, just go right. Don't don't bother me. Go back to the mountains. And write Man, it's your boy Sears up and down four one two and seven oh three. Man, it's such a pleasure to be able to do this with you guys every week. Man, I always say this, man. Um, again, if you like the content that we bring to you guys here on a regular basis, man, check us out on our social media platforms. Man, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, also with our with our affiliates at, at with, with the clubhouse and barbershop, man. Uh, I pop in there quite regularly and pop out and. You know, I know Mr. Harvey's as as an admin in that thing, and obviously CP and everybody. So, again, if you enjoy the content we bring to you guys here on a regular basis, man, definitely rock um, with us, stick around with us, man. I, I'm going to say this. In closing, I don't think that um, one week should cost um, somebody their job. But the fact that the Indianapolis Colts just cut Rob Blankenship um, is baffling to me. You know, this is a guy who I believe is in his second year and or third year. I'm, the number escapes me, but he has made some significant kicks. Um, and the thing is, is the fact that the team put him in a position to to to, to make these kicks and you know. Again, that game should have never been that close. With that being said, mm. as CP always used to say, tell a friend to tell a friend as the chefs again. Y'all know how we get out. If you don't know, now we know, man. We'll see y'all tomorrow. God bless. Sports city, sports city, chefs, City chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, bloom like a flower in June. Superman verse, MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend, it's the Sports City Chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Uh-huh.